That last song that we just sung, O Come All You Faithful, is one of my favorite Christmas songs, as I'm sure it's one of your favorite songs as well. As I was preparing for this message, I, I went back to see if I could identify a little bit of background when it comes to this song. There's not a whole lot out there with this song like there are with some of the other ones, but let me read to you um, what Richard Donovan shared. He said, the hymn, O Come All You Faithful, was written by John Francis Wade on eight an 18th century Catholic layman involved in the music business in France. Copies of the hymn migrated to Portugal and then on to England. The original version begins with the words, Adeste Fidelis. Today, O Come All You Faithful is one of the most popular of all the Christmas songs which are sung by Christians all around the world. One of the reasons for its popularity is the joyful character of its words and music, O Come All You Faithful, Joyful and Triumphant. The music has a joyful, triumphant cadence to go with the joyful, triumphant words. The hymn calls us to come to Bethlehem, to behold the baby Jesus. It calls us to come and adore him, and it reminds us of the angel choir that accompanied Jesus at his birth in the shepherds that gathered around and, and worship the Lord Jesus. It reminds us that God calls us too to sing Christ's praises and to give him glory all throughout the Christmas season. Christians, Christmas is a busy season and we have a thousand things that run through our minds and a thousand things to do. But through it all, let us remember to come and adore the Christ who came into the world to bring light in the midst of darkness and joy and eternal life. O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. This morning we are beginning a new sermon series. It's going to be a four-week series called The Songs of Christmas. And throughout this series, we're going to look at Zachariah's song. We're going to look at, at the angel's song. We're going to look at Simeon's song. But this morning, we're going to look at the song of Mary. You know, we know nothing about Mary's life before she burst onto the pages of Scripture. And we begin with this introduction about this faithful young lady. In Luke 1, 26 through 28, we read, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. What do these verses tell us about this young woman by the name of Mary? We know that she is a virgin. We know that she is betrothed to be married to a man by the name of Joseph. And we know that she is from the line of King David. Her from being from Nazareth, being a virgin, and of the line of David, what that, tell, what that proves is the fulfillment of Old Testament scriptures. It tells us once again that what God prophesies, what he said would happen, will and does come true. It comes to fruition. But the most important thing that I think we learn about this young lady from this passage of scripture is this. That last sentence, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Mary was a highly favored woman of God, wasn't she? 
Mary was favored by God, and with this heavenly encounter, Mary's life and every subsequent life would be changed for all of human history. In Luke one twenty nine, we read, But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and to try to discern what sort of greeting this might be. I, I'm going to be honest with you. If an angel of the Lord appeared to me and began to speak to me in an audible voice and I was able to see him with my own eyes, I might be a little troubled myself. As a 45-year-old man, I would probably be a little troubled. But think about Mary. I mean, she's probably 13, 14, 15 years of age. She is a young teenage girl. And, and, and God so, showed such favor in her and recognized her character that he sent the angel Gabriel to her to reveal to her this beautiful, amazing gift that she received. So Mary was greatly troubled, as we all probably would be. But the angel put her at ease and said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Can you imagine what she experienced? I mean, think just for a second. Put yourself in her shoes. Can you imagine what she has just experienced? The encounter that she had with God's messenger. She was going to be responsible for raising the creator of the universe during his formative years. She was going to be the vessel that God used to burst into human history. Can you imagine? You know, as I I was preparing for this message, I just began to think about all of the, the things that often young parents experience whenever they're raising a child. And for some reason, I, I just thought to myself, I wonder if Mary ever dropped Jesus on his head like my mom dropped me. That's not funny. And that doesn't explain anything. No. But think about that. I mean, think about, I mean, did, 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 I mean, was Jesus more, more precious of cargo to her than her other children? Did, did she hold him differently? Did she raise him differently? Did she protect him differently? I mean, just amazing when you think about the responsibility that she was given. How did she raise Jesus? How would it have been different? This young woman, upon finding out that she was going to be the most blessed of all women, would depart from Nazareth, and she would go and stay with her cousin, Elizabeth. And we read of um, um, before this encounter, in verse 36 through 38, the angel continues and says, And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. 
for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary is about to go and see Elizabeth. And why did she go and see Elizabeth? Why didn't she just kind of hold up in her own house? I mean, in, in a matter of, of weeks, she is going to begin to show that she is pregnant. She's not going to be able to hide this from her family. She's not going to be able to hide it from Joseph. She's not going to be able to hide it from the community of Nazareth where she lives. Why would she go and stay with Elizabeth? You know, I think we can answer that by, by realizing that Elizabeth is also about to have a supernatural child, isn't she? You know, she doesn't get pregnant in the same way, obviously, that Mary did. Um, she was barren, and the Lord opened her, her womb, and she is now with child. Mary, on the other hand, hers was a supernatural birth. The Holy Spirit came upon her. Biology wasn't involved. A man wasn't involved. God supernaturally came upon her, and she became pregnant. Now, when these two women see each other, it's almost like a worship service bust out right there on the spot. And I love that. Let's read together a little bit more. In verses 39 through 30, 55, we read, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, that right there, if there's no other scripture, which we know there are many other scriptures that prove to us that God knits together um, every one of us in our mother's womb, this right here just proves to us that, that a child within the mother's stomach is not just a blob of tissue. It is a living, created being by God the Father. And this right here just tells that because tells us that um, whenever Mary gets in proximity of Elizabeth, and John the Baptist is in her womb. John the Baptist just leaped with joy. You know, that's what should happen every time you and I get in proximity of Jesus. We should just leap with joy because the King is in our presence. In verse 42, we continue to read, And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And mercy, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. And he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, and he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. 
What a great passage this is. What we're going to begin doing is we're going to begin looking at verse 46 where this song begins. And we're just going to break it apart together. One writer wrote this about this song. He said that this resembles Hannah's song in 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10. Not only that, but there are at least 12 other references to the Old Testament here. This means that Mary was a woman who drank deeply of God's word. It was on her heart and it comes out through her song. May it be said of every one of us in this room that we drink deeply from the wellspring that is God's word. That's what we've been called to do. That should be the passion of our hearts, that we want to drink deeply from God's word. Notice our first point this morning. It is this. Notice Mary's praise. We read in verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Mary was a woman with a song in her heart. I love music. I love, I love it, um, but I cannot sing. I have no rhythm. I am tone deaf. If you ever watch me worship, which you shouldn't because your worship should be directed at the Lord, then we ever clap, you're going to notice that I cannot sing and clap at the same time. I will not sing and clap at the song t- same time. You'll probably see me kind of doing this number right here, and it's going to be offbeat because you don't want me distracting your worship. And I can't sing, okay? And I'm okay with that, but you know what I can do? I can have a song in my heart, and that's exactly what Mary had. She had a song in her heart, and she expressed that song so that every generation after her could worship with her and celebrate with her the goodness of our God. To magnify is what Mary did. This word to magnify means to hold in great esteem. And that is exactly what Mary did. She held the Lord in great esteem. Mary had clearly spent her lifetime pursuing after the heart of God. And that is clear within this song. While the other girls were probably out playing and laughing at boys as they walked by, Mary was probably in her study, studying God's Word and hiding God's Word in her heart. This song is rich with with Old Testament Scripture. She is making reference after reference with this song, meaning that she knew God's Word. And that Word came out and was expressed through song. And that's what our worship should be about, that we are expressing our gratitude to the Lord through song. Oh, that you and I would drink from the wellspring of God. Oh, that we would awake every morning and magnify the Lord. Oh, that we would drive to work and magnify the Lord. Oh, that we would go to school magnifying the Lord, play sports to magnify the Lord, make career choices that magnify the Lord, and raise our children to magnify the Lord. That's what Mary did. She magnified the Lord. Notice next Mary's declaration. Because of what the Lord had done in Mary's life, notice her gratitude. In verse 47 we read, And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. In verse 46, she magnifies the Lord. In verse 47, she rejoices in her salvation. To rejoice means to jump for joy, to be exceedingly glad. 
That's what should happen when we worship the Lord. Now, I know we're a bunch of Baptists in here, and so we're probably not going to jump up, and we're not going to you know, throw our hands up in the air and do all that stuff. I, I get that, okay? But in your heart, you certainly can do that. You can certainly magnify the Lord through song. And I'm going to tell you now, it's okay if you want to raise your hand when we worship around here, okay? It's okay if you want to clap when we worship around here. Our worship is an expression of gratitude to our God. So when we worship together and we have joy in our heart, then we're probably going to express that worship in different ways every time that we come together. I know in this room this morning that some of you are thinking, what do I have to rejoice about? You know, you've been going through some turmoil in your life. There's been some health issues that you've been experiencing, some financial issues that you may be experiencing. Your bodies may be broken. Your marriages may be on the brink of collapse. Your relationship with your kid is broken. Your parents don't get you. Your coworkers don't include you. Your friends may have abandoned you. All of those things may be true. Every one of those things, though, are a direct result of the fallen world that we live in. We are broken and experience broken relationships because that is what sin did and what sin does. Sin severed our relationship with God and with one another. If brokenness was all there was, then there would be nothing to rejoice about. But you and I don't have to remain broken people. If you place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of your sins and cry out to him to be Lord and Savior of your life, then guess what? You've got a new song in your heart. Yeah, your body may be broken. Yeah, your relationships may be broken. But as long as you are a follower of Christ, there can still be much to rejoice about, even in this broken world that we live in. Once you experience salvation, that is worth celebrating. That is worth rejoicing. There should be smiles on our faces because of what the Lord has done in and through us. Oh, come all you faithful, joyful and triumphant. Notice next Mary's favor. In verses 48 through 49, Mary proclaimed, For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Notice the progression of this song. Mary begins magnifying the Lord, and then Mary rejoices in the Lord and in her salvation, and then she continues to worship, but she recognizes here her position before God and before man. You know, there was absolutely nothing extraordinary about Mary. Nothing at all. She was a teenager who who had nothing to her name. She was born into a family that had no social or political status, most likely within the community. She had no money. She had no fancy wardrobes to call her own. She had nothing, and she knew that, and it is out of her nothing that she praises the Lord and thanks the Lord for the abundant gift she had been given. Mary recognizes that the God of the universe was about to do something incredible 
in her life and through her life. Think about it. Mary was the only woman in all of his, Israel's history, in all of Israel at that time, that God chose to burst into human history through. I mean, that's something worth celebrating, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's also something to, to be kind of a little trepid about. But man, Mary was highly favored by God. In the, in the days and years to come, you know Mary was ridiculed. You know that there was not a single person within all of Nazareth that would have believed the story that Jesus, their child, was born supernaturally. Nobody would believe that because it never happened in human history. In fact, they probably would not believe that until after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Until after Jesus defeated death. Until after everything that he spoke came to fruition. So for, for 33 some odd years, Mary would have lived with people ridiculing her and questioning her, questioning her son. But did that stop her? Absolutely not. I don't think Mary cared about what others thought about her. And I think you and I can learn a little bit there, can't we? I think it's important for us not to care about what other people think about us as long as we are living our lives in accordance with God's word. The Lord has chosen us just like he chose Mary to do something amazing in human history. He has also chosen each and every one of us in this room to be a part and play a part within human history and within the salvation of other people's lives. The Lord has chosen us to be his hands. He has chosen us to be his feet. He has chosen us to be his ambassadors. And we have been chosen by him to represent him every single day. We are his heralds. We are his mouthpieces. We have the opportunity and the privilege through song, through speech, to glorify Jesus amongst one another and amongst those we do life with outside of these doors. We have the privilege to lead other people to a salvation relationship with Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. We have the privilege to let this world know that there's only one way, not multiple ways to heaven. There's only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. In verse 49, Mary proclaimed, For who is mighty? For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Mary experienced the greatness of God, and she thanked God for his graciousness. Even though she knew she had been blessed by God, and God had done a great thing in her and would do great things through her. She still recognized that she was a sinner that was going to bring forth the Savior of the world. She was a humble, gracious young lady. And every one of us in this room can learn much about and from her life. In closing this morning, notice Mary's pronouncement. 
in verses 50 through 55 we read, and, and, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring. Mary not only sang about God's graciousness in her life, but she sang about how God would be um, gracious to every generation throughout human history. Mary knew that she was not the only one that would experience the Lord's graciousness. God's grace continues to be revealed throughout the generations, throughout this generation, throughout the past generations, and within every generation to come. God's grace will be revealed. And I just love the fact that we have the opportunity to demonstrate how good God is and his graciousness is as we do life with those outside the doors of this church. God's graciousness is present today. His grace is available to the sinners. His grace is available to all the backsliders. His grace is sufficient during battles. His grace is sufficient during trials. His grace is, 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 is available while we're on the mountaintops of life as well as we, as we walk through the valleys of this life. In the midst of, of, of Paul's own hardship, he, he wrote these words. Speaking of the Lord, he says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly at my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. If there was anyone that, that had reason to complain, if there was anyone that had reason not to have joy in his heart, it was Paul. But Paul right here recognizes that even in the midst of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the pains and the trials and the thorn that he had in his side, he was still going to worship the Lord. God is good all the time. He is good during our days of health, and he is good during our days of sickness. Mary goes on and continues to praise the Lord. He sa- she says in verses 51 and 52, He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Mary praises the Lord for reversing the order of society. Just like today, those that, that do not have much are often looked down upon by those that have much, right? Mary thanks the Lord for providing salvation to those of humble means. Now, let me be clear. Just because a person has money, that does not mean that they can't experience God's grace and God's salvation. By no means is that true. There's a lot of rich people that love the Lord with all their heart. But we read throughout Scripture that oftentimes people's richness gets in the way of them being able to see the Lord. Am I right? In Matthew 18, 3 through 4, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles themselves like this child is the greatest in the kingdom 
of heaven. Mary again saying in verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Jesus, when he spoke the Beatitudes at the very beginning on the Sermon of the Mount, in verse 6, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. For those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. The Lord provides satisfaction. He provides a quenching of one's hunger and one's thirst when they enter into a relationship with him. Here's what we know. For those who do not desire the blessings of the Lord, one day they will go into eternity empty-handed. Think about this holiday season. Think about those that you do life with those that you're going to do life with around your table, at Christmas parties, and etc. How many of them do not have a relationship with Jesus? How many of them have yet to enter into a saving knowledge of who Jesus is? May you and I take the gospel to them. As Mary closes out her song, she continues to praise the Lord. She praises him for his salvation, and she praises him for remembering his promises to past generations. Verses 54 through 55, again we read, He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. For thousands of years, God had promised that the Messiah would come. And Mary right here thanks the Lord for keeping his promises And you and I can rejoice because God always keeps his promises, doesn't he? He promised that he was going to burst into human history the first time, and he did. And he promises us that he is going to come again for his church, and he will. Those are promises that we we can take to the bank. Man, that is the gospel right there. He said he will come, and he did. And he promises he will come again, and he will. As we close this morning... I just want us to know that that God can and will use any one of us in this room if we make ourselves available to him. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter if you're a male or female. The Lord can and will use you if you only allow him to. He can use all of us, and he has chosen to use all of us to carry his message to this generation. And we pray that as we looked at a couple of weeks ago, that the link of our change will con- chain will continue even after our lives are done. People will still be influenced because of the life that we u- lived and the testimony that we spoke and the lives that we changed. In closing this morning in Luke 156, this is how, this is the closing of this song. This is what we get. It says, And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Just like that, this recorded song is over. It's done. But like any great song, this song has been sung throughout the generations and will continue to be sung throughout remaining generations. What kind of song are you singing today? What kind of song has been given to you to testify of God's goodness and God's greatness? 
our song this morning that we ended with before this message. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come, all ye faithful, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I invite you this morning to come to him. To come and, 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 and experience joy like you've never experienced it before. When you repent of your sins and cry out to Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, man, I promise you, you will experience joy like never before. Some in this room this morning, man, you need to just, as you think about your day and your week and, and just your life, just ask yourself, when was the last time that you came and truly drank from the wellspring of God's Word? If it's been a while, then it's been too long. All of us should daily, if we don't daily, we should do it as, as regularly as we can. Drink from the wellspring that is God's Word. You know, I don't know what decision you need to make this morning. I don't know if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but if you don't, I'm going to be standing here at the front, and I want to invite you to come and make the greatest decision that you could ever make. You may need to this morning just come and pray. You may need to remain seated where you're at. I don't know what decision you need to make, but if the Lord is leading you unto salvation, you come. The Lord may be leading you and your family to join this church. I want to invite you to come. Don't know what decision you need to make, but let's stand together. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. And when I say amen, you come. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning, Lord Jesus, just for your word and for the promises that are in your word. Father, we thank you for the life of this young lady by the name of Mary, who even from an early age drank from the wellspring of your word. Father, she loved you. She loved your word. And because of that, she was found to be highly favored of yours, of, by you. Father, I know every one of us in this room are highly favored by you. Father, you have given us life. You have provided for us salvation. And Lord, that right there tells us that we are favored by you. Father, we may, may we be obedient children that go into all this world and proclaim the good news of salvation to those that we do life with on a regular basis and to those that you bring into our pathways. Father, I don't know what decision needs to be made this morning, but if there is someone here this morning that has yet to receive you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today they'll make the greatest decision that they could ever make, and that is to repent of their sins and cry out to you to be Lord and Savior of their lives. There may be some here this morning, Lord, that you are leading to make Friendship Baptist Church their church home, and we welcome them. Father, whatever decision it is, just lead all of us Father, speak to all of us during this time of invitation. First, in Jesus' name we pray.